BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. Hey, yo, what's good? Check it out. This your boy, Elder Sensei. One half of the legendary artifacts. You are right now in tune to my man, Tim Einenkel at the library. Let's get it popping, y'all. Artifacts. Peace, Elder Sensei. I'm out. My next guest is described as a rapper, actor, activist. He's just released his newest album, The God Box, which features CeeLo, Raheem Devon, Big Great, Black Thought, Trinidad James, Watch the Duck, and Big Rube. He's David Banner, and I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Kell on RapStation.com. Good. Don't forget Tim Y. If I wouldn't rap, I'd probably make the same damn fate from the same damn rope. I'm about the same damn weight. I said, wait, man, wait. I still got the news. It's just loose and they tighten it, bitch up. When I'm speaking the truth, they need proof that God exists. So I gave the God box. It ain't shit hard as this. It ain't shit hard as this. Flick a wrist, I flick a brick, I'm more. I still get this dough. These bitches know everywhere we go is Mississippi. Oh, peace to throw this a mo out of space, balling spacecraft, crawling black George Jetson, Jew City, Jack Jones. Uh, I want to get into the album, but I want to start with something you said in an interview. Um, I was while I was doing research for this. Uh, you said to the fact that uh, you said most people, most black people, don't like to be black. But then you said we got to make black people love themselves again. What role do you think rap music and hip hop culture should play in changing how black people view themselves? Well, well I, I don't think that that's necessarily the role of of every entertainer. You know, I, we don't. Sometimes I think we don't put enough pressure on hip hop, but then in a lot of cases we put too much pressure on artists. You know, um, every artist isn't built to do what I do. You know, mm-hmm. um, not from an education stance, not from a social stance, and I'm a lot older. You know what I'm saying? My my experiences are a little bit different, and. I believe that God works with different people in different ways. Some rappers should be funny. Hip hop shouldn't be all serious. It shouldn't be all gangster. It shouldn't be all conscious. Uh, I think if everybody became conscious, I'd probably do a gangster rap album. You know, I I think the problem with hip hop is that it just doesn't have balance. We have allowed commercialism to to take over our culture and our art form. You know, uh, American cities are becoming gentrified. Um, religion was gentrified. Our spirits, our God, the, the, the face, the skin color of, of, of the most high 
has been gentrified. Our music mm-hmm. has been gentrified. So in me saying that, um, I only feel like it was my responsibility because the Most High put that on my heart. But the Most High works with different people in different ways. So I think it's up to the individual artist to make that decision. But if the general population becomes more conscious, then they would demand more from their artists. I want to touch on something you said about uh, we need we need balance in the music or more balance in the music. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we came up from the same era because I was born in 79. So uh, the idea that when you were growing up listening to music on the radio, there was, I feel like, a lot more lyrical diversity uh, or subject matter diversity on the radio. And today it seems like that's not the case. Uh, but yet rap is the most popular genre of music out there, right? So what do you think happened that it seems that as more power the art form got, kind of the the, the less power it got in terms of uh, this lyrical yeah. uh, subjects? It's sort of like smartphones, huh? The, the more information <laughs> that we had ac- access to, the more technology we have um, access to, it seems like our people got dumber. Um, right, I, right. I think what happens is we, we got to understand that once, once hip-hop became a viable way for people to eat, um, there's a boxer from out of New York. His name is Cloudy Boy. He said something that was so powerful to me. He said, David Banner, once you give people the ability to feed you, you also supply them with a mechanism to starve you. And that's the same thing once we allowed these companies to control hip-hop because they were paying. Then the young artists in the hood, you know, it's, it's no different than dope. Most of these kids don't want to sell dope. They know what dope does to the hood, but they also know that you get paid from doing that. So the fact that most of the things that are set up from a corporate standpoint are based on white supremacy, whether we want to uh, admit it or not. So these white companies are paying top dollar. You know, I I was even told that one of the top executives, white executives, said that he wouldn't wouldn't sign nothing but gangster music. He wouldn't sign to nothing but a certain genre of music. And, and so within that, uh, these kids are doing what they're getting paid to do. You know, just like you may not want to go to the Army, but if that's the way you're going to get paid, you're going to pick up a gun and do what? So since most of these, most of these media outlets, since they uh, are paid for and ran by older white men, they will never hold white men accountable for their place and the the, the degrading and the downfall of hip-hop. Because most of these people didn't like hip-hop in the first place. They're old-ass accountants and lawyers in in, in in most situations. They didn't never care nothing about the culture. You know, so it's always been about the bottom line. And, you know, they want to make, it's just like reality TV shows. They didn't, they didn't make reality TV shows because they wanted to show reality. It's cheap labor. You get as many eyeballs and you don't have to have actors. You don't have to have talent and they could turn it around and still make the same amount of money without having to put any effort in it. It's the same thing with, with cheap music. 
so how does uh i guess how how would so you've created the god box mm-hmm. right and, and and it's it's an incredible album that that gives you or gives a listener an insight to your i think your passion your heart and and what you want us to you know what you want us to hear and it's an album that in my standpoint it, it's an album about empowering black people um and kind of up, uplifting your community uh so how does how does a young artist get to that point where you are right now where you don't have to follow that you know that formula to you know get rich you, you you've done it so how do you come to become an artist and and talk about what you want to talk about pretty much well i think if you look statistically the more creative artists are actually doing better right now i mean Kendrick <laughs> is killing them j cole is killing them both touring and album sales I, I haven't been to a big crit show that wasn't, you know, sold out to capacity for the most part. You, you, you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The creativity is coming back. They just don't get the eyeballs. People like drama. America has created this lust for sex and drama and just just negativity and um you know, so the music that, that does that or the music that supports that system usually gets the hype. But I think we're starting to see, even with, you know, even with my album, when it, when my album dropped, it was the number one rap album on iTunes with no, with no radio single. I'm not going to start pushing a radio single, you know, for, for probably until in two days. You know, Monday or three, you know, three days. So... And me saying that, it's showing you that, that the tide is shifting. And I, I think the uh, economic state and the political climate that America is in is setting the table uh, for people to be more conscious and to be open. Because I, I, I think the lie and the veil uh, that America has worn for so long, uh, I think Trump has helped, you know, tear that veil off. And I think people of culture are being a lot more honest with what we have to deal with on a daily basis in America. And it's reflected in the music and how people consume it. Hey, Dave, I want to turn to the God box and a few tracks on the album. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's your first album in seven years. Uh, What inspired you to kind of pick up the pen and start creating this album? And then do you remember what was the first track you started writing? Yeah, (laughs) I do. Actually, it's funny. People won't believe it. The first track that I did on the God Box was Burning Thumbs. And Burning Thumbs was sort of a letter to the Obama family. And to basically say, you know, y'all, you know, Mr. Obama. I was talking to Miss Obama. I was like, Miss Obama, your husband made a lot of promises. And it don't seem like those promises are coming into fruition. You know, could y'all do something? Our people are out here hurting. But what made me pick up the pen was um, it was actually this young millennial on um, on Twitter. You know, it was when I, I don't know if you know this, but I run a multimedia company that's called a Banner Vision. You could look at it on a BannerVision dot com. Um, I think I had just finished doing all the music for Gatorade for the World Cup, and. Um, a young kid said, man, I, we saw you in the Butler and, you know, your multimedia company is booming. 
He said, but what if I need you? What if your music gets me through? And it made me think about how selfish I had become. You know, just because I'm doing well in my personal life and just because I personally didn't like the music industry and how the business aspect of the music industry had treated me and had treated people who looked like me, I had basically given up on music. Something I don't think I've ever told anybody before in a magazine. Um, but it was so bad that I almost had anxiety attacks when I would go into studios. It's like I had been through so much mentally, you know, and I had worked so hard, you know. That's something that I never heard anybody talk about is about the fact that we all had, it's sort of like the first time I went to MTV. You know, MTV was a world to us, especially our generation, you and our generation. MTV was bigger than life. But then to go to MTV and it was basically three or four rooms that was switched around and dressed up and you saw that it was a it was just it was a prop. It wasn't this world, it wasn't this big family of people. It was it wasn't what we thought it was. You know, and it's the same thing that happened to me um in the music industry. The music industry broke my heart. Like it was something like I wanted to talk to Dave Chappelle. Like, I know Dave Chappelle now, but when Dave Chappelle went to Africa, I wanted to talk to him so bad to let him know he wasn't the only one that felt that way. I felt the same exact way. And when that kid told me that, it made me realize that we tell these kids to do better music, but nobody uh, in my generation, for the most part, is successfully doing conscious, successful music. And it looked good and it's shiny. You know what I'm saying? How, like, public enemy and ice cube used to do it like ice cube did it the best to me out of anybody because like you know a lot of the other conscious groups you know they dressed up and they had you know the the red black and green africa medallions and all that that was sort of stage ice cube was conscious and stealing his khakis you feel me he was still a regular person that just chose to take uh, a different route. Goody Mob was another group that did it that way. It wasn't. It wasn't this facade that comes along with so-called being conscious. It's just, you know, everyday common people who see a better way or, or were able to get to a book that most black people weren't able to to get to and read it and and just express it in a way that the common man could feel it. You know, a young man told me something, bro, that I never thought about my music before. He said, David Banner, the reason why I listen to your music is you don't make me feel judged. You know, mm-hmm. just because you're smart, you don't make me feel like I'm any less for not knowing what you know. And he said, that's the reason why I fuck with you. So when you started writing, was there, I mean, was there any sort of anxiety on your end to, you know, start creating this album? I mean, it seems like you were... Sorry, it just seems like you're part of this. You're you're an artist that, in my mind, like you, part of writing is like a therapeutic thing, right? Uh, but if you're if you if the therapy you need is is because you're 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 having you know issues with the music industry, how do you guess how do you deal with that? Well, that's a great question, brother. Um, it's sort of the flip, though. I, I I'm not I'm not a part of the industry no more. Like, right. I totally pulled myself out, and I created a business. 
And, you know, it doesn't matter what you sell, whether it's guns or butter. That, that, that doesn't really matter. You feel me? It's a consumer, it's a consumer product. This is to be consumed. So how you do it is totally up to you. Like I'm doing this my way. Like I'm about mm-hmm. to do something after, you know, the God box is out for a couple months. I'm going to do something that not many artists have done. I'm, 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 I'm going to do something because I paid for everything on this album. So I can literally do it the way that I, I think about it. I did it backwards. Like I'm not, I'm not doing no release party and you haven't supported me. Like I'm a, I'm gonna do a release party after we just sold something. We're gonna have something to celebrate about. You feel me? You know, right, right, I, I, you know, I, I'm. We already went number one on iTunes, and then I'm putting out a single, so it can only get better. Then I'm not wasting money because people have told me what their favorite song is now. You feel what I'm saying? Instead of me trying to push what I personally like on people. I know exactly the songs that people are loving. What's funny is the song that people, and I'm, and I'm not going to tell you what song it is, the song that I <laughs> like the least on the album is what most people are talking about. You know, but, but they are my litmus test, and I'm going to give the people what they ask for. But to answer your question specifically, the anxiety came after the album was over, which you got to understand, people thought I was done. You know, as far as music is concerned, they knew I was still making a whole lot of money through my other business ventures. But, you know, you know, I've, I've been doing very, I've been like uber successful on the lecture circuit. My multimedia company is uber successful. You know, um, my acting career is whatever I want it to be. You know, I take, I take roles when I feel like taking them now. And the thing that people don't understand is I'm still not married and I don't have children. So once I started living under my means, below my means, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and literally uh, um, having the ability to account for everything in my life, bro, I, I take home more money than I ever did. You know, so the anxiety actually came in when it was time to put it out, like, bro, I know I have one of the best hip hop albums ever. And people try to chump, chump Southerners off by, by telling me that it's my best project. No, it's one of the best projects ever. It may not be the type of music you like. You may can't, you may can't handle the honesty, but you can't say that the lyric, lyricism isn't a nine or a 10. You can't say the beats are not a 10. You can't say the range of subject matter, whether it's from telling a story or whether it's from love or politics. There's not too many albums that discuss the range of topics. Now, the oppression of Africans all over the world is the general theme of the album. You know, spirituality is the theme of the album. But even the way that I discuss, like 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 Magnolia, I felt so good when, when folks from the hood was telling me, damn, David Banner, that was dope, how you was rapping from the perspective of a tree. And I was like, man, y'all got that? It was like, yeah, man, we got it, man, we got it. That was dope. Oh.
sitting up under this tree, she was talking to me, she said, son, do you know who I am, who I happen to be, and I told her, the mighty magnolia that stand tall for the shoulders of slaves and soldiers when the days get colder, so older, but I'm young in my spirit, from the blood I hear it from Mr. Malcolm Garvey and Marley, then she started to tell me how she was used in the lynching of blacks, branch cracked, broke her arm, just so his neck would snap. So, for me to have that level of album, I just didn't want it to be wasted. That's when my, it was almost like sending your daughter to college. And I'm gonna just be, you know, sort of blunt. It's like you sending your your daughter to all of these, like you sending your daughter off to a, a, a campus full of dicks that don't care nothing about her. Yeah. You know, I, I know how I did the freshman class when, when, when I was in college. So I mean, saying that, that's how this album felt, and I I wanted my daughter to be able to do well and to have the proper opportunity to to flourish in the world. And it just seemed like this album initially was one of the best albums that came out at almost the worst time for that type of music. But the thing was, I knew that my people were ready for it. And brother, they have definitely, I've seen cats in, in, in New York working out on, you know, how they work out doing the pull-ups. You know, I, I've seen people in New Orleans, you know, dancing down the street to my music. You see people in LA in their car riding out. People in Mississippi riding out. You know what I'm saying? Houston's screwing and chopping the God box. Like I'm seeing it globally, the way that it's moving. And the thing that I love is that it's moving at its own pace. And if people really don't know what to do with this album. So my anxiety literally came in not writing the album because it wasn't no pressure. Nobody really knew it was coming or knew what to expect. And one of the sad things, even though people mean it as a compliment, but everybody's talking about how surprised they are. And I'm like, damn, I, I think I've progressively gotten better. But I think the seven-year period gave me an opportunity to live. And since I'm not high and depressed and I meditate and I, and I go to therapy, I think I'm just a lot clearer. There's a couple of tracks on the album that I, I want to ask you about really quickly, and I, I, I hope they're the ones that you like. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I like all of them. I, 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 I like all of them. No, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, but it, it, so I, I really like the, the track My Uzi, um, and a big reason why I like that because – so I have this like weird obsession with when, uh, when MCs rap over classical music beats uh, – and there's about four minutes in, there's a sudden change in the music, right? And it becomes more classical music-ish. Um, so I, and, and there's a silence to that. I was wondering why why the music changed right there, and then also got me thinking: Do you have a favorite beat or instrument that you like to rhyme over? Uh, okay. Question number one is that um, first of all, I score movies, uh, video games, uh, commercials. Um, like I told you, my multimedia company and Bannervision. Um, but one of my big secrets was I used to I used to rap off like I used to sample movie scores. And the thing is, I think one of the ways that our culture is going to die is if we don't allow it to grow. 
so because of commercialism, the only reason why something is pop is because it's popular. But what mm. what corporate white America tries to do is if if they can't do the music themselves, they try to create an algorithm for it or they try to create a process that can be duplicated easily. So they find one type of music and they push that as hard as they can and try to control it, box it up and sell it. And they sell it and and, and they are so parasitic that they suck all the life, all of the culture out of it. And um, I just believe that I wanted to make music grow. And the other thing is, if you look at our people, when I'm, I'm speaking of black people, when, whenever we have an opportunity to make a song, you can literally be anywhere in the universe. The only limits that you have are the limits that are in your mind. Tribe took you to El Segundo. Um, Outcast took you to Aquemini. NWA took you to the streets of, of, of Compton. You know, Ghetto Boys took you to Houston, which was another world for somebody. David Banner first album took you to Mississippi. Kid Cudi uh, took you to the world that was inside of his mind due to depression, which is something that most men don't talk about. So his bravery is unprecedented. But I wanted to take black people on people in general somewhere different. Do you remember when we used to listen to hip hop? Like, man, it was it, it was a it was a journey. So what I wanted to do is take the beat on my album that was the most similar to a stereotypical David Banner beat or what people think a David Banner beat would sound like. And I had UGK on the hook, Big Crit. So, you know, folks in the streets would be jamming. And then I was like, what if once I had them, like, you know, sort of like fishing, I'm a country boy. When, when the fish first gets on the hook, most people who don't know how to fish, they pull, they pull the line immediately. No, you gotta let the fish wiggle a little bit and set in and get on the hook good before you grab them. So that's what I did in my Uzi. And then I wanted to take them to a place that felt good. In some cases, we are addicted to pain and don't know it. You know? So I, I, got, them, I got them hooked in, and then all of a sudden I took them to a land, you know, how the never-ending story and how cartoons do for me. Like I'm watching Samurai Jack now, the new Samurai Jack. Like it takes me to different worlds, Transformers and Mask and all the cartoons I looked at when I was young. They would take me to, to different worlds. And once I got my people hooked, I wanted to take them to somewhere different. And what's funny is so many people said that when they first heard this, 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 uh, my Uzi, that they thought their radio was broke. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when that beat. I, I mean, I, I actually, I did. I looked at my phone like four times to make sure I was still on the same track. <laughs> what's amazing about that is, um, that's an actual, uh, that's an actual composition that was created for me. John Debney, who scored, um, uh, shit, man, over 180 films. He's one of the top composers in the game. He um, scored, um, most recently, Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, and Passion of the Christ. He's a friend of mine. We used to have the same agent. Um, and we did, some Gator we did a Gatorade commercial together, and um, I had him do it for me. So that's literally a composition that he wrote, composed, and put together. 
And that's one of the things I want people to know about my album. Like, those are real people. That's a real orchestra. That's a real composition. That is not a sample. You know, and I paid for that. And I need people to respect that and respect the culture, the fact that someone would go that far for a rap song during a time when people are really not buying rap music. Well, they buying mine, but in general. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Another track that I really like is uh, AK uh, featuring uh, Raheem Devon and Big Rube. And... You you have Big Rube uh, at the at the end of the track or towards the end of the track, uh, kind of spit acapella, right? I'm from a place where they hung us from beech trees and dogwoods. Now we hang on streets paved with enslaved souls, still saying it's all good. The dirt is red and turned muddy from sweat tears. And automatically in my mind, uh, uh, Outcast popped up, and all I could think of was uh, 13th floor, growing old. Mm-hmm. And how Big Rube's been on the introduction of that track. So I was curious, and I could totally be wrong. Uh, was this kind of a like a kind of a weird, or I guess an ode to Outkast with that, or and also what was the overall mission of the track, uh, AK? Okay, I'll tell you this. Um, literally, that is one of the most requested songs on the album. That I and and I think it's because of the spirit of the track. When I did that track, I I I wanted. There's two tracks on the album where I wanted to give the Mississippi the album vibe, like what I was on on Mississippi. And when I when I first came out, it was about protecting the way that people looked at black men, especially, but black people in general in the South. You know, and that Civil War mentality that even black people looked looked or try to turn their nose up at people from the South. When they asked if they not from the islands, they asked us from the South too. One generation removed. So that, that, that sort of singing cadence, I'm a man, I'm a stand for the place I'm from. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was that, I wanted to give that Mississippi the album feel. I wanted to go back to that. Burning Thumbs was, you know, was sort of like my Cadillac on 22s. Because people, I don't know why, <laughs> people sort of like when I sing a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I can hold about two notes. And <laughs> so my range There's two more notes than I can hold. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's sort of the two. I sort of stay in between those two. So um, when I did that, <laughs> that was the vibe. And I honestly think Raheem Devon is one. Uh, I think he is sort of like, I, don't, I hate, because I hate when people do me like this, but it's the best way I could just, I think he's our Marvin Gaye of our generation. And and mm-hmm. I think he doesn't get the props that he should. That boy can sing for real. He got that church spiritual, uh, go back to Africa vibe to me. And he's a friend. So, you know, him and Jesse from watch the duck, they were sort of like my go-to, you know, how uh, artists had, the artists, like, uh, they always had the person that they would go to to sing. And, um, uh, you know, that's that's sort of what they did. But as far as Big Rube was concerned, Outkast and um, Goody Mob literally changed my life. And there's certain music that I miss. There's certain black music that I miss. And that Goody Mob, Outkast vibe is something that I miss. You know, I, I I feel flashes of it when I hear big when I hear Big Chris album. He's one of the people that do make me feel that way. But but for the most part, like I wanted 
I want it because there's a generation that doesn't understand that. I mean, there's a generation of people in Atlanta that maybe not even understand what Big Rube did, what Outkast did, what the, what the Dungeon family did. And if I could shine light on that, you know, I always try to do that. In, 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 in my other albums, I used to always try to give props to the West Coast because that was during the time when the West Coast was on hiatus for a minute, and I wanted to show people how much West Coast had done. That's what I would do at least one West Coast sounding song and the West Coast giving it up to the Bay Area and the West Coast in general. You know, I always try to find a way to give back because I would hope somebody would do that for the South when our time is over. Because all this stuff mm-hmm. goes in, in, in a cyclical cycle. You know, and when it's not our time anymore, if we are kind to someone else, maybe they'll be kind to my kids if they decide to do music and give them their opportunity. So that's what I, I did with Big Rude, man. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted it to have that vibe, you know, because I know what they did for me. And I actually told people, like, I, I hope that this album um, makes people feel the way the Outkast and Goody Mob album made me feel. I didn't mean, like, I didn't mean it from a sound perspective, but this dude said in a record store that Magnolia reminded him of that, uh, uh, updated 2030, you know, old Atlanta vibe. You know what I'm saying? With the live mm, instruments yeah. and the hard-ass drums, but the soulful singing and the the, the space-age lyricism. You feel me? So, you know, it, that was an ode to that time. Not necessarily taking their sound or anything like that, but just giving proper respect. And Big Rue smashed it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, his voice, his voice is like, I don't know. It's it's every time I hear it, it's it's like a blessing <laughs> uh, to just like hear his voice. It's like pretty incredible. And then and then of course you made me go back and and then I just started YouTubing all all Big Rube videos. Yeah, uh, him doing poetry and stuff. Um, David, do you have time for one more question? Yes, I do. So we we're talking about God Box and. And we're talking about how uh, this album is, you know, for is to empower community and to also empower the black community. Uh, but then you have you have have the idea that uh, a lot of white people consume rap music. So I always wondered when when you have a song, when you have an album that is really for to empower a certain group of people, and then you go on stage and the people in the audience, for this example, let's say they're white faces, what that does to an artist. So I was curious, like if you go on tour and the majority of the artists is, they're your fans, of course, but they're white faces. What does that do for you in terms of the power of the album? Or does it do anything for you? Well, well the thing is, at the end of the day, um, my business is going to benefit black people, my success. Is going to benefit black people because I'm going to take my money back to our community, which that's what we all are supposed to do. Um, but I, I think what ends up happening is, is as long it's sort of when I, when I lectured at Stanford, you know, if, if you have an opportunity to bring the truth to a group of people, they may be the group of people that end up assisting you to get to freedom or your people to get to freedom. So I don't mm-hmm. care who it is, what color they are. 
um, if they're ready to hear the truth. Most of the stuff that I rap about is not emotional. It's it's backed up with facts. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And whoever is yeah. speaking the truth, those will be the people who will come and find me. The, the thing that I don't want to do, though, like so many groups have, I want to always, even if I have to set up special situations, I always, because Andre 3000 told me this, and like when Like a Pimp came out, then I got to go because uh, somebody's waiting on me. He said he remembered the day that Outkast grew too big to do black venues. Like he was like mm-hmm. literally the writer and the, the show itself. It didn't have anything with them not wanting to perform for black people. If if I have to scale my show down to me doing the acapella on the corner of Oakland, I'll do that. I, I don't plan on mm-hmm. leaving my people. Now, if any other groups of people want to come and follow me wherever I am, that's fine, but I make money other places. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I, 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 I don't, I don't plan on solely, you know, I don't, my, 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 my goal is to make a lot of money, have one of the top albums in the world period, because people success, people like it. But my plan isn't to go pop. I, I want to mm-hmm. have popular music, but in, in, in the form of what pop means, no, that's not my goal. See, so many black people think being successful is having a majority of white uh, listeners. I don't believe that. Black people spend over $1.5 trillion. If we would support ourselves financially, we wouldn't need anybody else globally. And other people, black mm-hmm. music has always uh, uh, informed contemporary music. But we give it away and we're so talented that we move on to the next thing. I don't plan on moving past my people. He's David Banner, new album, The God Box. Uh, David, it's an honor to have you on the library with Thank Two Mind to Go. Man, so I much, enjoyed man. you so much, man. Peace. Two for team. I got the word player Wallace, word ethic of Shakur. I was sent into the future with a message from the Moors. I went to war, my weapon just a blessing from the Lord. Rest assured that my pen is more mighty than a sword. I got plans for taking my revenge like Roxanne. My man swam him from Mississippi, goddamn. Y'all fought for anything, that's the shit I cannot stand. We on that CMB, basically all we got, fam. Y'all know my lineage is godliness and cleanliness. Otis used to sing how we should try a little tenderness, but they ultra Envious, crazy disingenuous like who need an enemy if that's what type of friend you is I'll pull on capers and don draper a skyscraper defy nature leave them stuffed like flypaper whoever said we not at the top of the totem we're smoking Lamar Odom you bring the bar lower we pack them and barcode them after it's all over I capture the far nova back to the Mars rover then let's say Kofa come supply me with the gamma I smash the vocal roof and turn back to David Banner nigga Everything that they can fuck with it Ain't no exemptions Anybody, anybody get it Anybody get it Everything that they can fuck with it Ain't no exemptions Anybody, anybody get it Anybody get it Fox, CNN, and white cooking police Y'all can all eat a dick See, I tried King's Peace Kids dying in the streets Crack soul over beats See, religion is a leash It's all slavery to me Niggas to gods Gods to niggas Niggas, I'm grown Demons on the internet They got eyes in your home Eyes in your 
cell phone Eyes in your dollar bill See they rape my grandmammy Then they call it God's will I'm the glitch in the matrix But you choose your own pill Kneel to the almighty This my second time asking What happened to Chris Whitey A prince I'm convinced that they lie Then they tell us that it's drugs A suicide Then they sweep that shit under the rug Fuck a plug Unless he has the key to get free And a boat strong enough to drag the sip across the sea See I shit it on the game But now I take a masterpiece I'm the man with a contraband And all of y'all pets Little bitches in the sea And all of y'all are getting wet It's the rain of the tech Y'all fuckers get to beat nuts Yeah I love the craft But tonight bitch I beat guts Encore If I clap your scalp And your feet touch Guns with your finger And the trigger don't meet much Nigga Who on it? Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.